Hey everyone, Dr. B here again, Ask the Dentist podcast, and we have Stacy, Dr. Stacy, with us today. I am so excited. Thanks for joining us. We've talked a lot. We've worked on a lot of stuff together. We're going to do a lot of podcasts together because we have so much to talk about, right? <laughs> endless, endless things to talk about. Thank right. you, Dr. B, for having oh. me. Oh, gosh, this is great. We talk about so many great things offline. I think we just need to push the record button and start talking because people are interested. You've got a great following on Instagram, as I do. Let's talk about that a little bit. So you've got 80, 90,000 followers. What is that like for you? I just, uh, last night I was up late replying to Instagram followers and how does that work into your schedule? You've got two kids, you've got a husband, you've got a, an incredible practice up in Portland. Yes, it has its challenges. My followers will probably notice I ha- took a little sabbatical. The end of 2022, I felt a little burnout and I just had too many things going on. But generally, it's something I enjoy doing and I love interacting with my followers and hearing their stories and helping guide them. So it's something that I fit in between patients And after bedtime and just where I can, you know, I'll batch content sometimes. And there are weeks where I'm much more engaged than others. But as long as my followers are patient with me and know I'm I'm fitting this in where I can, you know, my goal is to be more available in that capacity. And hopefully that happens soon. Reminds me of what you just said reminds me of, of what parents will say, you know, raising kids. It's like, it's a lot of time and I'm tired and, but I love doing it. And by yeah. the way, your followers love you. I essentially, I love it. It does take a lot of time, but I feel very responsible that they get good information because, you know, we started, we both started our, our Instagram sites and, and now we have to follow through. We have to keep the information coming. I love teaching. I mean, when I'm out on the ski slopes and I hook up with someone on a chairlift and it's like, you know, you happen to ski this or you got to follow me. We got to go there. You just want to show people what's great. I mean, the truth is so exciting to get out there. It really is. And I totally agree with you. I also really feel there's a lot of patients out there that just need to be heard and supported. This is a really overused phrase, but it there's a lot of gaslighting going on, yeah. I think, and patients that they feel like they're doing everything correctly, they're following all the advice, or they see something wrong in themselves or their children, and they're just not getting answers. So while I can't offer direct patient diagnoses and advice, we can guide patients to resolutions. And I think that's right. where I feel I have a lot of responsibility for these right. followers of mine. Absolutely. The good news, very exciting for me, is that you now are an IFM certified Thank dentist you. or provider. I don't know what to call you now because you have this incredible accreditation with IFM. Can you tell us more about that? This, yes. by the way, I think is fabulous news. I, I was so excited when I heard. Oh, thank you. I actually cried when I opened the email. I have wow. I've never had that reaction, even with my board certification. Even when you got accepted to dental school, you didn't cry? Uh, gosh, I might have. Yeah. I might have welled up a little bit. Right, right, right. It, was, it was changing my course of life significantly. But this was a big deal. It was really one of the hardest things I've done. So IFM is the Institute of Functional Medicine. It was founded by Dr. Jeffrey Bland in the early 90s, I believe. It was amazing. 91. Yeah. 
Yep. He's amazing. Not many dentists have gone through it, at least the certification process. I have mission statement here, just so people can get an understanding for why they exist. Their mission is to educate and provide clinical support for the implementation of functional medicine across disciplines within the healthcare sector. So essentially, they're trying to teach many different specialties and subspecialties how to incorporate more root cause medicine into their practices, where we see chronic disease is on the rise and many patients aren't getting answers. We do, in my opinion, need to take a different approach. And that's how I approach my dentistry. But I had a really hard time piecemealing together the education I needed to be a true leader in functional dentistry, which functional dentistry, we consider ourselves functional dentists, but there's no training institution yet, Mm -hmm. right? Right. No curriculum. There's no curriculum. curriculum. So you really do have to be proactive and take various courses and it can be really kind of haphazard and, and all over the place. So that I did know to be taken kind of seriously by my medical colleagues, but also really have this base of information that's functional medicine, because functional medicine and dentistry are so intertwined, Mm -hmm. and we need to be more intertwined. I knew I had to go and sit through the certification. And I remember the day I called you, (laughs) and I said, Dr. B, what do you think? It's a big commitment. It's an, you know, there's an expense involved, but it's really time. And you said, go for it. And so I did. And I will say the exam was very challenging. Yes. (laughs) It was beyond, I mean, I'll really say it was beyond brutal. And my medical colleagues, I've heard also think it's very hard, Mm -hmm. but for a dentist, particularly, it's harder. It's, I mean, it's medical. They're testing you on medical. It's geared to curriculum. It's geared to physicians, exactly. absolutely. And so I felt really in over my head. And I studied. I thought as much as I could with the time I had between running my office and being a mom and all that. Everything other else, stuff. right? Right. And so there, you know, I walked away like most of these exams not feeling very good about myself. But when I opened that email, I mean, that's why I was so emotional. I just, I was kind of in shock, but I feel very proud about it. I really do. And they've already asked me to lecture. So I've done one short lecture for IFM. And so hopefully we are moving the needle, maybe more towards a functional dentistry curriculum, whether that will be under the umbrella of IFM or other training modalities for for dentists, because I'm sure I know you are contacted a lot too by other dentists Mm -hmm. or students in dental school just saying, how do I practice like you? Where can I get this information from? Mm -hmm. And it's really hard to tell them where to go. Because again, I... I kind of bootstrapped it, my education at least. You know, I did ozone training and then laser training, and I took naturopathic courses and airway courses. And then I went through the ACIMD, which is is the naturopathic dental certification program and integrative dentistry, and then finally IFM. And what I'm doing next is going through functional diagnostics course so I can actually learn how to order and interpret labs. I think that's I really think that's where dentistry is lacking, mm-hmm. you know, at least just a vitamin D panel or yep. just knowing CRP and inflammatory markers. I mean, I think these are really important things that we should be responsible for. And then I'm hoping also to get my master's in functional nutrition. And that is also to be able to help 
at a higher level to educate my colleagues. But you like yourself, a side goal of mine is to really tackle the big food industry right. and make change there. Because I, I do think nutrition has so much to do with the state of our health these days. Yeah, I think it's very fitting that a functional dentist got this certification. And to be clear, there are only a handful of dentists that have done this, maybe three or four that I know of. And that is a huge accomplishment because it is a lot of medical knowledge that you need to have. But that's what a dentist needs to know because of what happens in the mouth is always happening in the body, that oral systemic connection, because of that intimate link that physicians need to know about, mm-hmm. that I'm sure you will bring to the IFM, to those physicians. This knowledge is so important. This is So you are essentially the epitome of what I think a functional dentist should be oh, uh, with that certification. It's amazing. Dr. And Brehenna. I mean, you've already done this. I've seen your practice. I was amazed by it. You've done it in pediatric dentistry, but now you have certification with the IFM. Let's talk more about IFM. I mean, a lot of people don't know about it. It's uh, something that a physician would go to and learn from and get accredited by after medical school. Mm-hmm. It's kind of the same thing in dentistry. The dental curriculum, the medical curriculum, it's already packed with things, the basics, right? Yeah. Uh, providing to the community a safe clinical operator. I mean, a clinician. Provider, and, yeah. It needs to go beyond that. I mean, it it's does. so complicated. I would really have to sit down and think about this, but I, I really think dentists should start out. I think it should. we should all start in medical school. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I just... Agree. Why are these two separate entities? I mean, we know why. We know the history. There's yeah. the book... Te- you, you showed me the, uh, this, the yeah. book Teeth by yeah. Mary we Otto explains out. it. In the we 1800s. got kicked out. Yeah. <laughs> but I just... You know, I learned this through IFM too. Like, I knew nothing about how the hormonal system works or really, you know, immune health, we get to such basics, even nutrition too. I mean, we really don't mm-hmm. get much of that right. at all because yep. so much is focused on teeth and clinical applications of how do you drill a tooth? How do you mm-hmm. put a filling in? I mean, there is a lot of hands-on aspects to dental school, right. but I definitely think they need to be integrated more and the same with physicians knowing more about the mouth. I'll never forget. I had to do a lecture in residency for a room full of physicians. Many were (laughs) pediatricians and pediatric residents. And I was dying with fear and I did my lecture. I believe it was just like pediatric dentistry 101. There were, there were no functional aspects to this at all back then. But that was all new to them. I mean, they know nothing about dentistry. I was terrified about what questions they were going to ask. So I was so prepared with the research and the citations. And I remember the first question was, (laughs) can you explain to me why teeth are numbered and permanent teeth are numbered and baby teeth are lettered? That was the first question. (laughs) I mean, low hanging fruit, but, but not, I mean, that was the level of understanding and education they had. And I work with many pediatricians in my community And granted, they have a lot on their plate, but I get texts and emails with questions about oral health, and they really don't know very much about it. Yeah. And so, and that's okay. I mean, that's why we're here, but I think there needs to be more blending. And so I I do think uh, if you're interested in pursuing a true functional practice, I do think IFM is a great Agreed. Thing to consider. I will say they do have like a free functional medicine introductory course. And then 
If you decide going through the certification process might be too much for you, which I'll be honest, it might be. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I can be a bit of an enigma with my, I think I'm just very good at time management, to be honest with you. And that doesn't resonate for everybody right now. I mean, you might have very, very young children. You might be a single parent. You might be building your practice still. Just the timing worked out really well for me. They do have different courses. They have the AFMCP, which is Applying Functional Medicine in Clinical Practice. So it's almost like a a mini course that you could take. And I I don't remember. I think it might be eight hours instead of 18 months. And it's very reasonably priced as well. Yeah. 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 And I think that's a way to dip your toe in. And potentially that might be all you need because hopefully there are more dental components to it. Right. And there will be, there will be curriculum is coming. I just did a CE course, one hour CE course for our provider list, our, our directory of functional providers, and they're all dentists. Although there were some physicians attending and some researchers and it was on the oral microbiome. Yeah. And you know, it's even dentists don't know a lot about the oral microbiome. And I think our followers know more in some cases, more know more about the oral microbiome than our providers do. So it's coming. Obviously, the two of us can't do it alone. Will it come in dental school? Probably not, because that curriculum is packed full. There's so so much to do, and that's fine. But Mm -hmm. there can be postgraduate type of programs. And most dentists that I know that are like you, that are really holding the torch for functional dentistry, they learn this after hours, literally, continuing education credits. I mean, you know, the kids are in bed and it's like, okay, now's it time to learn. So those are the providers that you really want to seek out. But ones without ones with IFM certification, they're not that many. So I'm so impressed that you were able to pull this off. It's amazing. Especially with all your other time considerations. And and maybe that's why you took that little hiatus. I mean, give yourself a little credit. Yeah, I know. I was definitely, I was feeling it. I was pretty burnt out. (laughs) Right. And I don't know the answer to this, but what does medicine and dentistry working alongside each other look like? And it looks like it's going to be more in the functional realm anyway, which makes sense, right? Because a functional approach is an integrated approach. If a a physician is pulling in oral health information, UCSF just combined all their records, medical and dental records, brilliant. There's a health organization up in Oregon. I think we talked about that. Yes, That are are hiring uh, registered dental hygienists to be Mm -hmm. on staff, to do screenings Mm -hmm. on every single patient. Some hospitals do that. I've seen that where they come in and they kind of do a, a plaque score, pretty basic, but they know that, you know, if that patient's there for stroke therapy that what happens what's happening in the mouth is part of the equation but what's that going to look like medicine and dentistry working moving ahead together forward what's that going to look like for the patient obviously yeah. it's a good thing but i mean i th- wish we did a little more than just visualization like saying oh there's a hole in the tooth or your probing measurements are not optimal there needs to be metrics i really believe we need metrics and what are metrics labs mm-hmm. you know that's what medicine utilizes right. to fully understand what's happening in a patient so if you're seeing chronic perio or gum disease or signs of nutritional deficiencies you know cracked corners of the mouth burning mm-hmm. mouth 
cavities, you know, it's not just sugar. We know that right. it can be vitamin D deficiency, mm -hmm. can be related to gluten intolerance or celiac. I wish dentists were more comfortable asking for labs that were, mm -hmm. are within our realm of scope. And I think that's where I'd like to see it moved. And so you could get the lab results and then send those to the patient's physician mm -hmm. who might use that information to also say, oh, yeah, vitamin D deficiency. Maybe this is why you're sick all the time. Maybe right. this is why your sleep is impaired. Yep. Working more together on autoimmune issues and how a lot of those could be coming from this chronic perio right. and all the cytokines that are being released right. and exotoxins and yeah. things of that nature. So yeah, that's why we created the CRP letter at Ask the Dentist. Uh, yes, I've seen and, that. and that's in use. There's some IFM practitioners, physicians that use that. And it's a letter for those of the of you that don't know what that letter is. It's we have a link to it. I'll put a link in the show notes. It's a letter that you can hand to your dentist they can fill it out and then it goes to your physician. And if you're being treated for heart disease or diabetes or pretty much any chronic disease, that physician will have that information on hand because oral disease typically contributes to overall systemic inflammation. And that's what that CRP test is. Yeah, so absolutely. physician physician needs to know that, that there's another factor out there that they haven't considered. And fertility, yeah. um, preterm yes. labor, birth weight issues. I mean, yep. I, I've spoken to friends who've gone through the fertility journey and they said right. no one yep. asked them about their oral health. Right. Ever. COVID. COVID. COVID, resistance of course. To it. Yeah, right. yeah. Yep. So we, yep. we just still are ignoring the mouth right. in our right. workup. So I am hopeful that that will change. And I see it changing. I mean, I actually think physicians are becoming more aware of this than some of our dental colleagues. Even. Yeah, true. Um, Do you think a functional medical provider is more open than a typical provider. Yeah. I mean, I so, do. so I it's do. that inherently it's that concept of thinking functionally that makes you more open-minded to, Oh, you know, there's the mouth. That is something that I could be a root cause for some issues that I'm dealing with, with my patients. I think, I think it's that. And I also think even if, well, first of all, I think there's a tremendous amount of burnout in mm -hmm. medicine right yes. now. And unfortunately, insurance companies are dictating everything. Mm -hmm. And the conventional practice, well, dentists too, dentists and doctors, how much time do they have per patient? Right. Two minutes, five yeah. minutes might yeah. be a long time. Right. So I think what happens with dentists who want to pursue a more functional approach or physicians, we just, we feel dissatisfied in our career where we don't feel like we have a sense of purpose we're not making change and so because of that you have to change your practice model which is what right. i have done but to do that comes with challenges like i need more time with my patients so we have longer appointments we do but insurance doesn't pay or cover that extra time for you right. and th these are the challenges with running an office especially with inflation and cost of materials and everything mm -hmm. increasing you know if you're a strictly insurance-based practice you can't raise the insurance fees the insurance will pay you what they're going to pay you so right. a lot of dentists right now and i imagine physicians who are maybe at a more private practice setting, which are few and far between now because it's much more corporate. Yes, it's going that way. And dentistry is going that way too. And yep. I know why. It's because it's a really tough business right now to even break even, let alone make a profit. Yep. And so you'll see a lot of functional 
medicine providers and dentists, they do leave the insurance system. And that's really hard for some patients. But I understand why it happens. Because again, we have to have the time to spend with our patients to really unpack and understand everything about them. You know, we we want there's a functional matrix timeline that you learn about in IFM. And I mean, it starts from your birth, mm-hmm. your birth history, your breastfeeding history, food introduction. Did you have strep throat a lot as a kid? Were you on chronic antibiotics? All of these things matter to a patient's story. Right. And, you know, conventional medicine and dentistry, we just, there's not enough time. Yeah. And I really am hopeful that just oral microbiome testing will be added to clinical practice, because I do think it's pretty quick, but it can tell us a lot. And I know a lot of people will say, well, what do I do with this information? And I think we're still working on that, right? Yes. But, it, but it is important to know, do you have periodontal pathogens? Do you have anaerobes and spirochetes? Because those type of things, they need to be sometimes addressed with antibiotics and other things can be addressed with diet or nutrition. So I know you are very passionate about the oral microbiome and I am too. I mean, this is what I'm doing when my right now when my kids are in bed, I'm reading everything I can about the oral microbiome because literally the research is unfolding Mm -hmm. as we speak in front of us. And it's really cool. It is. Uh, Well, it it gives us, it explains a lot, doesn't it? Yeah. You know, stuff that we've learned, as you said, kind of indirectly or subjectively, morphologically, just by look and feel. Now we're getting these test results and we can quantify it. And that is our first unique test, I think. I think what we're talking about the same test, bristle. Bristle. First, first high res test out there. It In basically tests consumer. Yes, exactly. That's very interesting. Available directly to the consumer. I'll put a link in the show notes for that. But we're going to talk more about that. We've got a course coming up that we're doing together. Yes. Everything we've just been talking about, we feel that there's a need for this information to get out there. Let's talk more about that. And then we'll wrap things up. So as you said, the oral microbiome is going to change dentistry. It's going to, we're going to be more evidence-based, which I think the physicians will appreciate. We need to reach out to them and teach them what to do with those results because a patient now can ask for this test. It gets sent to their home. They spit into a vial and then they can share that information with their dentist, but also with their physician. Mm-hmm. I think it's going to be tricky on both sides because a lot of dentists won't know what to do with that data as well. Certainly mm-hmm. the physicians won't. So, mm-hmm. but this course we're going to do is geared towards at least for now towards the public, yes. towards our followers. What do you think? What information should we link about yeah. that to them? <laughs> well, I mean, I mean, I will just say you and I have been chatting just how there's more need for details mm-hmm. about this. You know, you can only get so much information across in an Instagram post. <laughs> yes, <and> that's true. <laughs> so, and that is not serving. It's it's just like teasers or seed planting, but I right. we really want to educate our patients because I do believe that this movement is going to be a bottom-up approach. I think a lot of this is Agreed. going to come from the consumers, from patients demanding yes. these things of their dentists. And if not, they're not going to they're going to go somewhere else. And yeah. so I think that um, movement has already happened. I, agree I, I mean, with you. based on what I see, I know what you see. <laughs> based on my practice, yeah. I would say yeah. you're right. It's a lot of busy, our followers are 
a lot of our followers always refer to you and I know vice versa. I mean, yeah. we have the same followers yeah. and they and I refer people to all the time. I'm like, you know, that's a pediatric question. Go to Dr. Stacy on that. So what we, I mean, this course is really coming out of frustration for our followers. I mean, they are dying for information. Their kids yeah. have cavities. They have followed some of the advice on Instagram, which, you know, I hold down that button and I look at that little timer and it's like, I'm getting close to the end. I got to wrap I it up. Know. I mean, it's, it's Instagram, right? That's fine. But this is going to be more information. And there's so many moms and dads out there and patients, I mean, you know, adults, and they're trying their best. They're brushing and flossing. They're taking our advice, but something is still missing. And mm -hmm. This course will kind of give the full picture. It's, it's, yeah. as you said earlier, it's not just about sugar. It's about so many other things in diet, things that you shouldn't be eating, things that you need to be consuming. There are supplements. There are products that you shouldn't be using that can actually deter the oral microbiome. And so we're going to give specifics and links and probably some discounts on a lot of this stuff. It's going to be fun. I mean, we're halfway through building the course. We are wanting to do this when end of february end of february it's launching soon i would soon. say okay soon. <laughs> all right yeah we really need to shift our mindset it'd be nice for patients to be able to quantify as you mentioned totally. what's happening in their mouths re-educating the public that it's not about disinfecting and carpet bombing yep. our mouths it's about nourishing and feeding our good guys right so we want to create those concepts and teach patients how to support the oral microbiomes. And we have various modules going over that. And then also the links, you know, like, especially when one I'm really interested in right now is the oral gut access yeah. and patients with IBD yes. that might be coming from pathogens upstream and vice right. versa. And think about how many patients are out there trying to get their IBD under control. Right. And has anyone asked them about their about oral their oral health? Microbiome, what right. are their gums looking like? What are their is there bleeding upon probing? What yep. are their pocket depths? I mean, right. I yeah. I would bet no. I would yep. bet no. Yep. And so this is to empower our patients to have more information and ask different questions they really believe we need to be our own advocates now and challenge our providers with with things that we're learning. And so we hope the course helps everyone with that. It will. It's gotten a lot of buzz already. I've mentioned it to some people and they're like, where and when I'll be there. Awesome. So, cool. uh, but anyway, so let's wrap things up. Uh, again, I just wanted to congratulate you on this IFM certification. That thank is you. friggin' amazing. It really, <laughs> thank you. It, it's a big feather in your hat, but it's also good for dentistry. Yes, that, I think so. That's the key. I mean, you are really a leader in that regard that you, you're you one of the first that got this certification Thank and you're you. going to bring it all together for us. So in future courses and collaborations and all that. So again, everyone listen to Dr. Stacy. She knows uh, what she's talking about. <laughs> I'm honored to hear you say this. I mean, I, I, I really appreciate that because it, it means a lot to me too. It means a lot to me too. So thank you for acknowledging that. No problem. So we're going to talk next week. We're going to, we don't know what the topic is yet, but I have a few ideas. Uh, any highs and lows for you this week? Anything that was a big high other than you getting IFM certified that happened a few weeks ago but yeah IFM certified I was really excited to well you forward this to me the announcement about the federal lawsuit with fluoride yes. and what's happening That's with moving that along. Yes. and the EPA asked for another delay and the judge said no way nope. yep. which is um, wonderful that was good news 
It's good news. I mean, at the end of the day, we just want a ruling. You know, yeah. obviously, we hope it's a ruling in favor of our beliefs based mm-hmm. on the research we're reading and the the things we're seeing clinically. But we want transparency and information. I find it very disheartening that certain information's not being released right. to the public. Yeah, um, that's the NTB report. Yeah, it's yeah. it's very a, a typical government strategy is to delay delay and confuse and and not let the lack of transparency and i think the lawyer his name is paul conant is absolutely amazing i've been watching the case over the last three years and so now hopefully we'll we'll get a decision this year this is something if if this does happen where we can where fluoride in the water is considered to be a toxin and it gets removed. I'm not sure that's going to happen. It may be lessened or removed, but still that's a victory. That would be great. My high is that the the analog to what's better than fluoride, hydroxyapatite, the nanoform, is there was some concern that it was toxic because of that word nano, sure. which implies the very small size. That's moving along well. Mm-hmm. All last year, I think both of us on Instagram were saying wait and see on nano because it's in some of our favorite toothpaste. You know, there were some TikTokers that were saying it was banned in the EU. It was never banned. Or it's uh, going to be banned. Or, or it's, yeah. It's I mean, wait for the actual information. Exactly. To come out, right? That's coming out. It has been provisionally approved and they will close the case on nano hydroxyapatite in March. They're waiting for a little bit more research. I don't, mm-hmm. I think it's, they've gotten everything they need and then the case will be closed. It has to be a specific size and shape, not size, shape of the nanoparticle, that rod shaped. And yeah. so I think our job now is to find out because everybody is excited about nanohydroxyapatite toothpaste because it works works for me it works for some it works for your kids for all your patients but now we have to identify and it's something we should work on and maybe talk about at the next podcast which toothpaste have the nano the proper shaped rod sized particles in it that's going to be a lot of work and sourcing sourcing matters is this coming from china's their third-party testing or their contaminants in it yes yeah even the micro has issues yeah i think that'd be a great podcast the hard part is mark getting the information companies are not transparent about this information and even the when i ask for concentration is it by weight or volume this product this substance which is wonderful it's in our teeth right now it's been in use in Japan for 40 plus years. It was developed by NASA. It's basically a biomimetic material. It's found in nature, not the nano size. That's that's processed down to smaller sizes sure. for better uptake. But th- this is a product that has become kind of a marketing thing, mm-hmm. especially for the boutique brand. So, yes. so don't worry, Stacy and I will figure that out. Any lows for you? I don't like to think of lows, but I I will. I just see a lot of my medical dental colleagues struggling a bit these days. That's a good one. Yeah. Post-COVID. It's COVID was so inflation. hard. Inflation, inflation employment, yep. cost of get, goods, getting staffing, yep. staffing, not even getting people to respond to your ads and apply for the job, but then showing up <laughs> or staying. It's not, I've had some issue with it, not nearly, I mean, I have an amazing team, so not nearly to the degree that some of my friends and colleagues do. And my heart just goes out because you you ran a dental practice. It's, it's yep. a small business. It is, oh, yeah. it's a tough business 
to run. It really is. And I don't think many patients really realize how hard it is. And Mm -hmm. so just be kind to your dental teams. If they seem, if they're not answering your calls right away, or they seem a little frazzled or short staffed, it's probably because they are. And we're just doing the best we can. And unfortunately, cavities and gum disease are increasing. I mean, we're seeing more and more need from patients. And so everyone's just doing the best we can. But I'm a little concerned about where dentistry is headed, much like the medical industry became has become very corporate or 20, 30 years ago. Yeah, they were taken over. Uh, I really corporate think, dentistry that we have to worry about. It's I a think, different type of dentistry. I think it's happening. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's been happening. I'm hopeful that newer groups will come out that are more patient focused and dentist focused and not so profit focused. But I think a lot of dentists are really burnt out and mm-hmm. I'm worried there's going to be some shift shifting yep. happen because it's just it's becoming really hard to manage and run a practice yep. now. So I guess that's my low. But completely agree. Completely I agree. am confident, you know, I really think if if you can take a more functional approach mm-hmm. to your practice, a lot of these issues can be alleviated because yes. patients will find you and a lot of patients will pay a little extra for this type of care because they're looking for answers. They're looking to feel heard and supported. And so sometimes it's just that little bit of a delta that can actually make your business more sustainable. Right. So yeah, the fill and drill model is that's what we're taught in dental school. And that's great. We need good clinicians, but if you want to save money and time and have better overall health, as well as good oral health, you really want to stick with a functional provider. Milo real quickly. uh, It's not really dentally related. It is health care related a little bit is uh, Jeff Beck, a guitarist, died at yeah. age 78. Many of you may not know who he is, but I, I I think he was a wonderful musician. There will never be another Jeff Beck, kind of a rock fusion. He started off with the Yardbirds and kind of went out on his own. And I've seen him play live several times. And that really hit hard. That happened, I think, on the 10th of January. He died of meningitis and, you know, healthy guy, thin, Oh, I didn't uh, know that. Muscular, busy, had a great community around him, mm. happily married. He had lots of hobbies. And I, I always wonder, why does someone like that die from an infection? I mean, that's pre- it's preventable, but it's it can be fixed typically in a hospital. But he died. We lost him. So that, that was definitely a low for me. I wonder what his oral health was like. Good question. Yeah. Seriously, yeah. it impacts yeah. your immune system, your ability yeah. to handle some of these things. Right. But anyway, I get asked a lot where to find a functional provider. And ah. you so graciously <laughs> have created this source. Do you want to let people yes, know? Yes, thank you for bringing that up. That was, uh, yeah. I was going to go into that. The directory. It is a directory of functional providers. Uh, I think you're on it as well. And that is simple, askthedentist.com slash directory. So, I, I mean, as we said, definitely you want to, Find someone that discusses what we've been discussing, and and most people understand that, but but there are not that many out there. So seek them out, become a loyal patient, and it will pay off in so many different dividends. If you want more information about what we've been talking about, go to askthedentist.com. Stacey, it's always a blast talking with you. I'm glad this time we hit the record button. (laughs) (laughs) We should do that more often. I get a lot of requests on Instagram. It's like, can we hear more from Dr. Stacey on a podcast or or an Instagram live? So we're definitely going to do that. We are definitely aligned. I have to say, building Ask the Dentist and and that in the last 10 years, I have met a lot of people that are aligned with what I'm trying to think. But 
as, as many as there are that are aligned, there are so many more that are not. And I still got a lot of resistance. I just got an Instagram post. This guy is telling me, sending me studies on hydroxyapatite not working well. Of course, he misread the study. It has to do with critical pH and the environment, everything. But you know what I'm talking about, right? Mm-hmm. There's going to oh, be yeah. a lot of pushback, but that's okay. Now we're aligned. We're together. We're going to push back a little harder, right? Power in numbers, Mark. That's right. Totally. (laughs) Thanks, Dr. B. This was fun. I look forward to doing it again. We'll talk next week. And before then, we got to start asking. And I think we should compile a list, a master list of which toothpaste have the safe and better forms of nano and even micro. And I think that's going to take more than a week. So but anyway, but stay tuned. We'll get you that information. Okay. Thank you. All right. Have a great week. Thanks, Stacey. Hi, everyone. I hope you enjoyed this week's episode. Just a reminder that this podcast is for educational purposes only. This podcast is not a substitute for professional care by a dentist, doctor, or other qualified medical professional. This podcast is provided on the understanding that it does not constitute medical or other professional advice or services. If you're looking for help in your journey, seek out a qualified medical practitioner. If you're looking for a functional dental care provider, you can visit askthedentist.com directory and search or find a dentist database. It's important that you have someone in your corner who's trained, is a licensed healthcare practitioner, and can help you make changes, especially when it comes to your health.